some hands went up really quickly. Thanks, Jill. And some people, you know, you know and I, I think it's fair to say sometimes, you know, when we go from prayer works as a general principle to prayer works sometimes to prayer works on some days, um, then uh, we, we kind of like to think about um, some different things. And so if I went from prayer works to prayer works for you, maybe people would be, the hands wouldn't shoot up so quickly. Um, prayer works for you and I today. Oh, and prayer's going to work for me now. But I, I just want to encourage us, we start from a basis of faith that prayer works. Now, what is prayer? Let's get back to some real simple things. You know, when I was a little child, my parents taught me to pray and said hands together. And I put my hands together like this and we'd pray a prayer. We'd pray, pray for our food sometimes, especially on Sundays. Uh, when we had Sunday lunch together, a nice roast with roast potatoes and all the vegetables. You know, and I put my hands together and we'd say a simple prayer. You know, when I went to bed, I was encouraged, to, like you maybe were as a child, to say a, pr- a prayer. You know, pray for granddad and grandma and aunt, auntie Vi, who was sick. Um, but prayer was something that we did out of habit. And what I was encouraged to do. But it was only later when I got older that I realized that prayer was something personal. It wasn't something that I just did out of habit. It was something that I I could do and I wanted to do. And I wanted to do because prayer works. Prayer is not a formula where if you say the words in the right way, Um, With the right emphasis, if you say A plus B, then C will happen. Because our God is a jealous God, he's a just God, and he wants to. He hears our prayers, but he's moved in different ways. And God moves in different ways because he knows better than we know. So let me encourage you, first of all, to turn to 1 John chapter 5, beginning at verses 14 to 17. John's writing here about the confidence in which we pray. Um, the boldness in which we pray. And in fact, I'll read it from the screen. I've got a New King James in front of me, but I like the American standard here, so I'll read from this because he's got the word boldness actually in it. And this is the boldness which we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions which we have asked of him. If any man sees his brother sinning a sin not unto death, he shall ask and God will give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death, not concerning this, do I say that he should make that request. But it's with the boldness that we have in him that we ask anything according to his will. If I asked you, do you know Prince Charles? How many people would put their hand up? Okay, Isabel's put her hand up. It's a bit of a trick question. If I said, do you know about Prince Charles, how many people would put their hands up? Okay, we know he's the son of the Queen. Okay, but often when somebody says, oh, do you know Johnny? Um, You know, they're inquiring whether you know somebody, trying to see whether he's okay or whether you've seen him this week. Oh, do you know Johnny? They're asking, do you know him? Do you spend time with him? Do you see him regularly? And of course... You know, most of us don't know Prince Charles in that way. When I was uh, 11 years old, for some reason, my, my wife, my, my, my mum, 
liked uh, flower arranging. The reason I get that muddled up is my wife likes flower arranging too, but my mum liked flower arranging, as does my mother-in-law. Um, and so we went to the flower show at Windsor. And at the flower show at Windsor, which is in, was held on the, on the lawns outside the castle, down to the river, um, they were having some competitions. And one of the competitions was an archery competition. And uh, as someone who wanted to have a go at anything at that kind of age, I had a go, and I won. I was the best archer on the day. Complete fluke, I can assure you. I'm no good at archery at all. But the prize was to win a bowl of fruit, and the bowl of fruit was presented by the Queen Mother. So I can actually say I've shaken the hand of the Queen Mother. I was only 11 at the time, but I can say that. I still don't know her, but I have met her. So when we pray to God, are we praying to a God that we know or we know about? Because we can read about the God that I'm talking about here in this book. This beautiful book, the Bible, that he's given us to know and understand him. But we can get beyond knowing about him to getting to know him. And how do we move from knowing about something to knowing something? Well, we spend time. We spend quality time. Quality time listening, quality time reading, quality time speaking. On that video that showed um, of, of the song being sung there, there was a couple getting married. And as people choose to get married, you know, most priests and ministers and pastors would say, oh, let's, let's, let's get together and talk about what it means to be married. And part of that, that journey would be an exploration of things like, you know, what do you do when you don't agree on something? Because when couples first come together, they're probably all, oh, they're in love and, you know, maybe they don't have a disagreement. And actually the first disagreement's a big issue. Oh no, the world's come to an end, we've disagreed. But you know, we all disagree about something sometime, don't we? It's about how we deal with the disagreement and how we work through that. Whether we compromise or whether we find a place of common, common agreement or whether understanding needs to come. But in those conversations, we are getting to know one another. And the same with God. The time we spend with him, we get to know him. If we will listen to him as well as speak to him. And as he speaks to us, he shows us his nature. And he shows us his, his passion for us. And he shows us his desire to hear our prayers. This is the picture next time. So this is the picture that I put to our, up as a challenge. But how do we ask when we pray? John encourages us there to ask in line with his will. You know, so let's ask according to his ways, according to his nature. God wants, to, God wants to give us good things. Jesus told us that, just like a good loving father would do. But according to his character. He's not going to give us something we don't need. What's the point in giving us something we don't need? He's going to give us something we do need, which is why when we pray, sometimes God doesn't seem to answer in the way that we pray. If you prayed, for example, God, please, my car's died. Um, I need a car to be able to get to work. I'm praying that God's going to provide a car. And your prayer is, God, give me a Ferrari. God knows our need that we have a need for a car that's going to work. We don't really need a Ferrari, do we? I don't think anybody in the room needs a Ferrari. But then we can receive according to his love. We can receive according to his justice, because he is a just God. 
And we can receive according to his faithfulness. That he will be faithful to give to us. And hear our prayer. So I've, I've heard um, that there are a number of books out there as well. Some I've read, some I haven't. That say how to pray when God seems to not be listening. You know, the first thing I want to say is God is listening. It's our perception that he seems not to be listening. And he seems not to be listening because we don't see the answer to the prayer in the way that we're looking for it to be answered. I don't know whether you've ever prayed this kind of prayer, but let me give you an example here. God, I, I know you have great ways of doing things, but would you do it my way today? Would you do it the way that I want it done? Would you do it here in this place to this person? Uh, and would you do it the way that I like? You know, but, but I don't think that's the way God works at all. God does it in his ways. And so in Luke chapter 11, uh, we read a lovely story here in Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 8. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and having nothing to set, I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer within and say, do not trouble me. Door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and come and give it to you. I say to you that though he will not rise and give it to you because he is he is his friend, yet the house of his... I need to change my glasses, so I'll just... I'll just pardon? Thank you. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Because of his persistence. You know, God does, doesn't expect that we would just ask a prayer once. God's listening to our heart and listening to our cry. Oh God, would you do this? Would you do that? Um, I don't know whether you've ever brought a present for a niece or a nephew or a son or a daughter at Christmas. You know, if they say to you leading up to Christmas, oh, I want this. You pay attention to see whether they say it again and again and again. This is known as the story of the persistent friend. Are we persistent in prayer? Do we hear what God says to us? And do we listen to our own hearts and what we say to God? In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathise with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Christ was tested. Tested in many ways that we will never be tested, but he knows and understands. And so we can boldly come to the throne of grace. I don't know how you come with your prayers. I don't know whether you come a bit like Oliver. Can I have some more, please? Or whether you come with the confidence that you've, you know, there's nothing better to pray than when a prayer has previously been answered. Because our faith is stirred. Our faith is uh, has been lifted up 
and we can come with boldness and confidence. David prayed in Psalm 17, verses 6 and 7. I've called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my speech. Show your marvellous loving kindness by your right hand. O who save those who trust in you. God wants to hear prayers. David was such a great prayer. He wrote from places of desperation. He wrote, Lord, hear our prayer, hear our cry. And God heard his prayer. Now, I don't know what you think when you're praying, when, whether sometimes you actually feel that the ceiling is as far as your prayer reaches. That you say, and it doesn't even see, seem to leave the room. But I want to encourage us to be men and women of bold prayer, that will pray with confidence, because we know God hears and God understands. I'm going to go back to Luke 11 now and read on from the story of the persistent friend to a scripture that we probably know very well. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from a father amongst you, he, he will give it. Who will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, who will give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will be given a scorpion? If then, being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give? Through the Holy Spirit who asks him. God wants to give. Our God is a giving God. Our God is a generous God. You know, one of the things I say to the ladies who serve our teas and coffees, Alice and Jill, I say, you know, please... Come with more cakes than we need. Because I want to model the kind of Father God that I believe he is. And so, so there have been times when maybe we haven't been quite as hungry. Jill or Alice has prepared lots of cakes and there's going to be lots of cakes left at the end. And I've had this kind of conversation. I think that's right, ladies, isn't it? Where, oh, what are we going to do with this? I don't want it to be wasted. Well, no, we don't want it to be wasted. So what did Jesus do? Jesus went out into the highways and byways and found people who would benefit from receiving. He said, well, give it to the people that are here. Let them take it home and give it to their neighbours. In the same way that we give bags and pens and cups and um, other things to give out to our neighbours because we just want to be a blessing to others. So I want to ask this morning, how bold a prayer are you willing to pray today? I've been told that faith could be spelt R-I-S-K when we're willing to take a risk. Because actually faith is required when we're doing something for the first time. You know, faith is required when we ask God in a new way. When I was a, a young Christian, um, I prayed nice prayers. But I'd never had to pray for anybody to be made well. And then I was encouraged to read in James and God healed me of malaria when I was at university when I was 20 something years old. He radically healed me of malaria. And I realised that God heals today. And so I started praying for the sick and praying for people. 
Now, the first time I prayed for somebody who was sick, it was somebody who had a, a really painful tummy. And I couldn't see anything. There was no evidence that there was anything going on. But they had a painful tummy. And I put my hand gently on their shoulder, as I've seen other people do. And I prayed my best prayer in Jesus' name. And I couldn't see any change. There was no change on the outside. I couldn't see whether a prayer had been answered or not. But after the service, the lady came up to me and said, thank you for praying. That pain's gone. But, you know, I was praying for something I could not see to go away. You know, and that simple testimony from that lady was just an encouragement to me. I'll tell you what, the next time somebody said, would you pray? I said, yes, of course I would. But I'll be honest with you, not every time I prayed have people been made well. And I cannot allow my faith to go up and down with whether my prayer has been answered or not. Because I don't understand God, but he understands me. And then I had a privilege when I was in Uganda, where Juliet's just come back from. Um, and we had people come forward for prayer. I was there with Shola, actually. And a lady came forward and she had a goiter on her neck. She had a growth on her neck and she said, you know, this is getting bigger, please pray, Pastor. And so I closed my eyes and I started praying my best prayer. And now I was praying a different prayer. Because it wasn't a stomachache to go away that I could not see. There was something that I could see that I was praying, God, would you do something about this? You know, I, I, I closed my eyes because I didn't know what God was going to do. But I prayed my bestest prayer. And I kept on praying. But as I was praying, do you know what I felt? I couldn't work it out whether the lady was gulping or whether there was something going on. But there was, there was a movement going on in her neck. And by the time I'd finished praying, you know, her neck was smaller and it kept on getting smaller. And so I'd moved from praying for something that was, that was there that I couldn't see to go away to praying for something that I could see to go away. My final story in this, because I wanted to talk about a journey of faith and a journey of prayer and a boldness, was this. I had a chance to go to Mexico. Um, and if Letty and Salvador are listening online, friends of ours in Mexico, who are very much part of the church we are here. Um, and um, I was going to be traveling to Mexico. And I, whenever I travel, one of the things I say is all I need to know is the first, who's going to meet me at the airport and what's the first thing that needs to happen when I get there. Because in reality, whenever you go abroad, it all changes. Something happens. So all I wanted to know was who's going to meet me and what was the first thing I was going to do. So I rang up the pastor. I was meant to be traveling on a Tuesday. And on the Saturday, I rang him and, and I bought the ticket and the hotel was sorted. I rang up and said, um, Habakkuk, that was his name. I said, Pastor, Pastor, who's picking me up at the airport? He said, Dave, have you not received my email? I said, no. He said, the conference has been cancelled. Uh, we're not expecting you to come. Oh. Well, the ticket was already paid for and I'd prayed about it and I felt it was right that I should go. So I said, well, Pastor, okay, I understand the conference is cancelled. I didn't receive the email, but... I'm coming anyway. I believe he's right before God. And uh, Jesus, Letty's husband, he spent a bit of time over the weekend ringing various people and organized a number of meetings for me whilst I was going to be out in Mexico. So none of this was my plan. I was now speaking in churches and people in places I did not know and was taken to places I'd never been to before. And just towards the end of the trip, I was taken to this Methodist church. And I was told... Pastor Dave, um, this is a very strict traditional Methodist church. The ladies will sit on one side. The men will sit on the other. The ladies' heads will be covered. They don't believe in the Holy Spirit. So please just preach your best sermon and then sit down. 
So I felt it was right that I should be there. So I preached a good sermon, as far as I'm aware, on Joseph. And then I went across to the pastor and I threw in my translator. I said, Pastor, I have finished sharing what I've got to share. But if you would like me to pray for someone, I'm submitting to you as the leader in this place. If you would like me to pray for someone, I am really happy to do that. And he went to the back of the church and he brought forward a young lady who came forward and she was carrying a baby. And uh, the baby was all wrapped up in a cloth. He said, Pastor, would you pray for this lady and her child? And she's been a Christian five weeks and the baby's three weeks old. I said, now, I don't know what you would say in that kind of situation, but I, I said, of course I'll pray. And so I went up to the lady and said, you know, would you like me to pray for your baby? Through the translator, Claudia explained, and she said, yes, please pray for my baby. I said, well, how can I pray? She said, my baby has born, been born with no eyes. Please, can you pray? Now, think about the journey I've just talked about. I prayed for a stomachache. You know, I'm, I'm summarizing now, but I prayed for a stomachache that I couldn't see to go away. And then I was praying for a goiter that I could see to go away. And now I'm praying not for something to go away, for something to be created. Now, I, I'll be honest with you. I took a big gulp at this point. Because I'd never had to pray for that kind of prayer before. Not something that was there, wasn't there, to be created. But I'd said yes already. So as a man of my word, I had to pray my bestest prayer. And I prayed my bestest prayer. I took the child and I prayed my prayer and I handed the child back. And to this day, I have not heard that the, any eyes were restored. But here's the interesting thing. I was told the church didn't believe in the Holy Spirit, not to pray, not to prophesy, not to do any of that stuff. I submitted to the leader in the house. I said, would you like me to pray? He, he brought this lady and her child to pray. I prayed. He then turned to the congregation and my Spanish was good enough to understand a little bit about what he was saying. He turned to the congregation and said, if anybody else would like prayer, please come forward. And he and I, we had lines of people queuing up. We, we prayed for nearly 45 minutes. Three quarters of the church came forward for prayer. Now, although praying for the child was the thing, I then the service had finished. We then went to have some food together. And through Claudia, she translated for me. I said, Pastor, can you just explain to me what happened today? I said, I came to you and you brought a child to be prayed for. But then you turned and invited the church to pray. Can you just tell me about that? And he said, well, he said, I'll be honest with you, Pastor. I asked you to pray about the one thing that I could. I didn't even know how, how to pray. He said, I quietly prayed in my own time. This lady had become a Christian. Her baby had been born. I didn't even know how. I was, I was angry with God. And so I came before God and I tried to pray and I couldn't pray. So I brought you the one thing that I couldn't pray about. And when you prayed, I realized that you're a man of prayer. So I said, Let's, let, let, let's give the opportunity. And I had said, to, I think he'd expected, when he'd said, if anybody wants to come forward for a prayer, I think he'd expected for me to pray for everybody. I said, Pastor, please, you, you pray too. And there were testimonies to, I mean, as he prayed for people, there were people who were, there was a lady who came up with a crutch who left the crutches behind at the front. Um, the glory goes to God. The glory goes to God. But my point is, there's a journey. And sometimes we kind of, we have to do the gulp where we have to go, oh my goodness, I've never had to pray like this before. And that's where I had to choose whether I was going to be bold and step into my prayer or I was going to step away. Now, my Bible says, and I'm sure your Bible says too, 
God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. So I prayed the bestest prayer I could pray, and God is able to do more than that. And I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now those two simple scriptures enable me to pray prayers that I would not normally pray. Normally pray. But church, I want to encourage us. And I don't want to put myself on a pedestal at all. I'm just telling you stories of things that I've been experienced have been part of my life. But you know what? There are days and moments when we have an opportunity, whether we can choose to step forward or we can choose to step back in prayer. We can choose to be bold or not be bold. The first thing is to pray. And when we see something, offer to pray. There's very few times in my life when I've been when I've offered to pray for someone on the street, over a coffee, at church. There's very few times when people have said, no, thank you very much. Do you know what? When they say no, I, 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 I accept that. It's okay. You don't want prayer now. I will pray for you later. Because if God has shown me something, if something has been revealed in my presence, then I want to pray about it. Because I want to take it to the one place and to the one God and the, the God who can sort it. God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And so, church, I want to encourage us to step into boldness, not to step out of it. Do you know, and, and let me speak to one particular issue here, and that's this. When God seems not to have heard our prayer yesterday, what do we do? Well, we pray again. Think of the parable of the persistent neighbour who eventually came down and gave bread just as God would do. Eventually, God responds to our prayers. Recently, um, I, I was party to a conversation. I had an email from one of my students that I teach. And he'd emailed me just before Christmas. And I wasn't particularly checking email over Christmas, so I hadn't responded. I then get an email from one of my colleagues in early January saying, Dave, this student's trying to get hold of you. You're not responding. And I said, well, I've only had one email, and it wasn't that important. Do you know, it's amazing how many times people try once, and once is it. I've tried. I'm not doing that again. Please, those listening online, those in the room, if you've prayed and God seems to have not heard, be persistent. Pray again. Because God is a faithful God. He's a just God. He's a loving God. He's a God who loves you and me. He loves you and me today. He wants to listen to our prayers today. So I'm going to pause now. And I'm going to give us a chance to pray. You don't have to pray out loud. You can pray silently in your heart. But I just want to, having shared what I've shared, encourage you to pray the bestest, the prayer that comes to your mind right now. The person who comes to your mind right now. The situation that comes to your mind right now. Pray about it right now. Maybe I'm just almost poking you in the back to encourage you to pray that prayer again. Let's pray. I'm just going to leave us in silence just to pray the prayers that we want to pray and ask of a God who's all-knowing, all-seeing and all-powerful to hear our prayer.
Father God, hear our prayer. Hear our prayers. We prayed them in faith, believing. And Lord, we know you're a God who's moved by people who ask in prayer and in faith. We're asking in faith this morning for those prayers that you've heard this morning. We lift them to you and say, Lord, hear our prayer, hear our cry. Amen. I want to encourage you to be men and women of faith and prayer this week. If something comes to mind, if you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about someone, do you know, actually, this has been my experience. If I'm waking up thinking of someone, I can lie there and think about them for quite a long time. Sometimes the story develops and I start thinking about, I wonder where they are and I wonder what they're doing right now. Yeah, take Ruth as an example. Okay, she's 10 or 11 hours difference. Um, So when I'm asleep, she could be doing stuff. So I could be lying there thinking, oh, I wonder what she's doing. Actually, the quickest way to go back to sleep again is to pray. That's what I found in my experience. I've been woken up and someone's on my mind. I'll pray for them. I'll roll over and I'm back asleep again fairly quickly. So, please pray. Please be bold. Um, Just before we kind of close out our service in worship, um, somebody's birthday this week, I think. 